0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.
1: Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Here we go again. Welcome uh, to another episode of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. It's going to be a great show. Katie Linendoll is going to be back joining me on the stage. Joining me for the State of Wrestling, um, which is going to be a big one this week. I appreciate everybody who went out and downloaded the bonus episode uh, on Thursday, I guess it was, of last week, when WWE announced that Seth Rollins had been injured, would be uh, forfeiting the WWE championship, and that a tournament was going to be held to determine a new champion. I jumped right on here, and I put out a special edition State of Wrestling podcast just for that one moment. Uh, and tons of you downloaded it. I got amazing feedback from everybody. So thank you. And as news of that level breaks, I'll do that again if, if I think it's necessary. I'm not going to overuse it, but I will do it again today. We got a big state of wrestling to get to. I'm going to uh, talk about where I see things going after what happened on Monday Night Raw. You know, a lot's changed since I made the first podcast last week. A lot a lot has changed, so we'll get into that. But first, not only do I have that, I got a big interview for you, Bailey. Bailey is my guest this week on the podcast. Another one that a lot of people have asked for. Katie Lindahl and I were both down at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando. We were talking about breaking ground, talking about NXT. Bailey, the women's champion of NXT, was there with us uh, in the ring. Uh, if you want to see what some of what we did. You can see the video I just posted earlier this week. Tyler Breeze, the interview that I did with him a couple weeks ago, that video is up on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash So you can watch that whole interview from the Performance Center. Our next Performance Center interview is my guest this week, and it is Bailey. And now, the
0: Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview.
1: Now we're here at the Performance Center. With Bailey. Ooh, hey. Bailey, I, I can't help but try to touch these ropes. What's the haps?
2: Awesome, huh? Nothing. Uh, well, not nothing. A lot. It's been a crazy uh, few weeks for NXT and for me especially. So it's really, yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel awesome. like we've been dying to have you as a guest too. Yeah. This Thanks. is so long <laughs> overdue, and but the.
1: We're just Is jumping Sam's on the point? championship bandwagon. We're we like, are. like, nah, nah, Oh, she's a champ. We got an interview. Totally, her. that's what. it, it Well, just keeps we met going
2: better. We met in like Philly or something, right? right. Yes. We did something fun then, but yes. I guess I wasn't champion then, so.
1: Right. It you didn't actually
2: matter. did put
0: Sam's hair in a ponytail. I did. Side, Side pony. pony. I know.
1: Right, right, yeah. right. So, you were, you know, while the, I guess the first divas revolution was happening, you were kind of there, but it was like, the three of the other four horsemen women got moved to the main roster. Yeah. And now you're, you know, the NXT champion, and they're saying again, now Bailey's <laughs> revolutionizing women's wrestling. What's it like for you to step away from Sasha Banks and Charlotte and Becky Lynch and be like, okay, now I'm the kind of one left standing. You're the leader.
2: Yeah, it's, of... it's kind of like bittersweet. It's really weird and hard to, like, because I grew up with them. You know, we started in NXT together and Full sale together, and watch them go off like it's amazing and I'm so proud but it's kind of like man i I miss having them around I miss having matches with them and but at the same time now it's all eyes on me and I I'm like the front end of this new era of women coming up in NXT and it's man there's so many amazing like performers coming up and I'm so happy that I'm the champion so I get to be a part of it and get to work with them
1: yeah what kind of role do you take now at the Performance Center
2: it's it's really cool because now i'm the i'm literally the one who's been here the longest out of the women that we train with and so i kind of feel uh i try to be like the best leader in the locker room that i can and learn from the girls when i first started and um as far as like advice or whenever girls have matches they want to come to me and ask advice and what did you think of this or how do you think i can make do this better or whatever so it's really cool because i really enjoy helping and teaching and stuff and when we're training with um Sarah Del Rey, she'll kind of like, like if she misses something, she asks me if there's something that I saw that maybe she didn't catch. And so it feels really cool. I'm kind of like a little assistant sometimes. (laughs) It's it's a whole new level of learning when I'm able to help somebody else out and then see them.
1: When were you, when did you feel like you could really make that transition to being like, I'm a student, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning, and then wait a minute, I have all this knowledge. Like I can actually (laughs) teach it now.
2: I, I guess... Just kind of recently with um, with the new girls, just we have tons of girls that didn't come from wrestling, and so they have all these questions. And they when they come to me, I like I just answer it. But then I'm like, oh, I'm actually helping them. And they're once they do it in the ring or in a match, and Sarah compliments them on it, I'm like, whoa, what I'm saying is right. Like, I, I know what I'm <laughs> talking about sometimes. So it's um, it's kind of just over time. I guess the last few months I've really noticed it
1: and do you feel confident now when you're teaching
2: yes and if I don't feel confident in something and I don't have the right answer I'll be like ah maybe you should ask Sarah and because everybody's opinion is different too so I don't want to I could say my opinion but they might not agree with it and the next person might not agree with it so I just, this is just my
0: opinion you don't have to take it it's easy to go back in your timeline When you were Davina Rose and been in this business since you were 18 years old. That actually surprised me on paper. (laughs) And I think about who you are as a person and as a a character. Was it intimidating to come over the WWE at a time where divas weren't revolutionized, if you will? Did you feel like you weren't going to fit in and you could ever change that mold? And were you in... You're not a bra and panties kind of match girl. Totally. What was that like? It was really, really weird because I was just... Did you think you were going to get forced into that mode?
2: I I felt like... They were gonna try to change me, and if I didn't change, then I wasn't gonna succeed. That's how like I felt coming in, but I knew I was gonna try no matter what. Like I'm gonna give this a shot. This is where I want to be, so I gotta try to fit into wherever they want me to be to be this
0: huge. Uh, Would you have diva, been that you know? girl if they wanted you to go more you know, lingerie, more sexy, no, more?
2: No, because even before I, I, they were doing FCW like bikini model or a bikini contest, and I just man, I don't want to do that. And I don't know if it's like, I didn't think I was this amazing wrestler. It's just wrestling is all I knew. And I kind of felt like, I don't have to look for that anyways. They probably wouldn't want to use me for those type of things. So I didn't even expect them to want to put me on these bikini like posters and stuff like that. So it wasn't really something that I was too worried about. And then once I got here, I, um, it was uh, my first month was so hard. Just makeup and dresses and um they told certain things we couldn't do because like oh divas you you guys need to pull hair and you guys need to do this you can't do this or you can't do that and so it was really hard to kind of find the happy medium of who i really am and who we need to be and uh yeah
1: what was the change that went from like this i have to be a diva to no you can be a wrestler if you want
2: it was a it was kind of like a combination of everyone's work because Obviously, Sasha and Charlotte, and when Becky came, we all kind of, we were all just wrestlers, and I think we were listening and taking uh, everybody's, like the coaches' opinions, and we were learning and stuff. We weren't ignoring what they wanted. We were still, okay, that's that's what you want me to do, I'll do that. But we were still having these matches, and, sh- and the crowd was getting into it. I really think it's the fans that helped that, helped the revolution. And so they, were, they loved watching us wrestle, so... Once, like, I don't know, it kind of seemed like it turned everybody's, like, heads, and especially Triple H. And he never used us as that anyway on NXT. It was never, like, we were never seen as um, these divas who were having bikini contests and pillow fights and all that. But I just think down in FCW, we really, really tried to make it go a different way. I
0: think even your entrance is so remarkable (laughs) and so different than what, you know, people, as a a female wrestling fan myself, so many years, like... Oh, my gosh, you come out with, like, inner tube men yeah. like, you know, your macho man costume and you're just, like, a whole different vibe. Yeah. Well, who came up with this crazy entrance? Is uh, that all you? Well, not really. The, the So the
2: tube men, they kind of, like, surprised me with that one day where they were like, we have something really cool for you for your entrance. We think it'll match you perfectly. And I was like, oh, okay. Sam, so yeah. you told me that her dad
0: was a used car salesman.
1: Without, no, what I said was... Somebody must have driven by a used car sales lot and said, Bailey.
0: (laughs) You really drove that home. You really (laughs) rode that that one out for a while. Drove that home? Yes. (laughs) Yes, and. That's
1: good.
2: Well, I mean, at least then it would have some, like, meaning to me, right? But (laughs) uh, This this is for my dad. These
1: are for macho, (laughs) man. This is (laughs) for Dusty. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Yeah, but where's Bailey?
2: (laughs) Oh. Uh, Yeah, so they were just like, yeah, we want to do this rehearsal with you, so... We'll, we'll surprise you. Just do the rehearsal. It's before the show. And so I come out. I'm like doing my entrance, and then they pop up, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is perfect!" <laughs> it was such a legit surprise, and it just the colors with my gear and all that it just seemed like so perfect. And like the, ma- the Macho Man tassels. And it was just Macho Man is who drew me to wrestling. The first time I saw him, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, he is so cool." So it's just something that I've wanted to carry on. And, and nobody does it. It's different. So that was going to stand out on its own. And then it's my own little macho man thing.
1: Have you ever thought about growing a beard?
2: Uh, I tried to. You did? Yeah, I'm going to try. Yeah, it so just hasn't the, worked out so far. i be the first ever uh, women's champion with a beard.
1: I think that'd be great.
2: Yeah. I just want to make history, you know?
1: Yeah. Go yeah. for it. It's yeah. about time. What are the differences between, especially for a woman, being in FCW versus where you are now? Because when you were in FCW... There was no performance center. It was FCW. Right. So so what are the differences in working at the performance center as opposed to FCW? Man,
2: it's insane. And FCW to me was, was already like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I came from like a small warehouse with no bathroom. It could only fit a wrestling ring. Mm-hmm. And you could barely move around to FCW where there's three rings and two separate rooms. And I thought it was just amazing. And I was like, Dad, this is the coolest thing ever. And then we get here i was only there for about six months but i got you know i got a good chunk of it and when we came here we i remember the first day setting up the rings and we were like everybody came here like doing the ropes and i just couldn't stop looking at it like i couldn't believe where i was when i was a kid all i wanted to do was get inside a wrestling ring and now i have seven of them that i can (laughs) just run around and do whatever one with like a soft there's a soft ring for like high flyers and you can literally lay in there, like I wish my bed was like that, <laughs> it's the coolest thing ever. And to look up at where it says performance center, it's just such a, um, man, it's so cool and it's motivating because you see everybody in here like working so hard and how much Triple H put into this building and how much thought into every little room and every little thing that we have. We have the mirror room where you can go in there and practice promos, which I was horrible at when I first started. And Dusty helped me so much, and now everything I learned from him, go in the mirror room and work on that. And then we have, like, the commentary booth where you can work on which I'm terrible at, so I should get in there more often. Sorry, <laughs> Triple H. And then we have this awesome gym. Uh, it's everything.
1: So do all the superstars train on commentary, too?
2: Not everybody. They, they'll they do, like, um, they'll kind of, like, send out an email where they're like, okay, we want you at this time and you at this time. And Michael Cole and King will come in here, and sometimes you can go in there with Cole, and he'll help you. Or you can go in there with Rich Brennan or Byron Saxton and be able to get their experience and their knowledge and everything. I, I've done it a few times where it was just me and Emma. And it was I was like, man, I am really bad at this. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah. Especially uh, Sasha did it one time, and she was saying, it was for mine and Becky's match, and she was saying how crazy it is because you're listening to, like I think, two different people in there and then listening to the other people you're commentating with and then watching the match and having to talk about it. So that room is so much help. And that's where Corey Graves, you know, really uh, perfected his craft. Like, he's amazing now, and he never did it before. He was just wrestling.
1: So So is that kind of the point of the Performance Center, is that you have, like, basically every conceivable thing that may happen to you throughout your career in WWE, there's a smaller version of it in this building?
2: Yeah, I mean, if you... The ring that we're in right now, this is... Literally, there's a a ramp right there and curtains, and we have shows in here where we set up the hard camera... And we have people, like new, new people who are just having their first matches come down the ramp and they're able to look at the camera as if you would at TV. And then um, even like just yesterday we did one where some of the talent will uh, help put together the match or do the time, the time for matches. So we'll sit back there with the headphones and, you know, just kind of like be able to get the full experience. And we're able to do that here. Uh, like just like Triple H does it at NXT so right we learn like everybody's learning together in like any different way if it's your first match and walking down the ramp or if you're in the back kind of learning that side too
1: how'd you end up in FCW and then the Performance Center like what was your road to getting here
2: uh, I was wrestling before this for about four years so I started training when I was 18 with big-time wrestling in Newark California and it was th- these were shows that I was going to since I was 13 so it was like that same promotion. I would just go to every. They had about one show a month, so I would just go all the time and keep going. They'd have all these. Um, like I met Billy Gunn there, and I I met Ivory there. It was like so <laughs> fun. And um, I found out they had a school when I was like 16. So my mom made me made me wait till I was 18. Started training. Was the only girl for four years with them. Wow. And just a bunch of guys. I've seen so many guys come and go, come and go, come and go. And then I finally was. Somebody had, like, seen me at one of the shows I did in L.A. And hooked me up with a trial, and I got a trial, and then it all just happened so fast. Next thing I know, and I'm in I'm an FCW. And um, it was really, like, like I said, the first month was really tough for me. I didn't know if this was something that I can do, because I just didn't want to change. I just wanted to stay who I was and wrestle. Like, all I want to do is wrestle and just have fun and be myself. And Is it true you were going to be a luchadora? Well, like my first match, uh, (laughs) my first match, I was. I think it was because like I was doing a lot of lucha stuff, but Uh it's from what I learned before this. And um, Sarah Del Rey was like, I have this awesome idea. Like you can put on this mask and become this luchadora, and you could be so different. So I, I was like, well, we can try it. And I, my first match in FCW, I was wearing a mask and I came out as La Luchadora, and I was, like, <laughs> I was like, should I speak Spanish? Like, And I could barely, like, I took Spanish in high school, but I'm like, on the apron, should I be talking Spanish? Or, I don't know, it was That's just hilarious. really weird.
1: But doesn't that translate to the lady wrestler? Like, yes. it's, it's the yeah. least sort and no, of they, they didn't name. care, they were no. just like, go
2: do it, go do that. And yeah. I was, all right, whatever you tell me, I'll do it. And then I drew all these mask ideas, like, I was just gonna go for it, because it was different. Yeah, I came up with all these ideas, and they're like, I don't know if it's gonna work for you. I was like, Dang it! All right, we <laughs> kept just having having matches, and and then my character kind of came along in promo class, and and then once we came here, everybody really just seemed to step it up. I feel like once we came to the performance center, it was really when everyone was like, man, this is this is real. This is we are gonna turn. Like everyone just perfected everything that they needed to do, and it just really focused in on what we
0: what. NXT could be to what it is now. Yeah. I think a lot of people see your schedule perhaps and maybe it's a show you a show after a few days, show after a few days. If they knew day in and day out what you guys go through and that mm-hmm. behind the scenes and hopefully we're going to see a lot of that on Breaking Ground. Yes. Is it an incredible for you to see that snapshot of yourself And to see your schedule and to put it all in perspective, will the audience really appreciate what you guys go through?
2: Yeah, I I know they do. I know fans are, man, I could only imagine how tired you are because we have fans who come to every single show. Sometimes, like, every weekend we have three shows, and there's some that go to every single one, and they see all of our matches they're like, man, you guys must be tired. But they were like, really, it's going to be cool to hear the response after watching Breaking Ground of seeing what we do before that and how we set up for the shows and when we drive to the shows and we train before the shows like today we had training for two hours then I'm doing this and then I drive to a show have a match <laughs> take down the ring and then drive back and then we train tomorrow morning go to the next show so we take down the ring yeah we so we set up we get there unload the truck oh my gosh you're still doing ring setup oh yeah good for everybody you. well you know the guys kind of take care of the actual ring but we do the chairs and the apron and the or the um guardrails and we set up like the curtains and everybody kind of has their own little job that they have to do but it takes about like an hour and 15 minutes or so the the worst is afterwards when everyone's just dead tired and then we have to take it all down and then drive home
1: so is that so is that the trade-off they're like look you're you're in nxt so you don't have to travel but you have to work every single day all day. <laughs> right. Totally, yeah. We have
2: Sundays off, and that's so
1: you there know, you go. That's
2: it. We're we're here, you know, maybe like five hours a day, and uh, then we have promo classes, and it kind of depends what class you're in.
0: And how, how much were you on camera for Breaking Ground? Was that weird for you to be? Yeah, it felt like... it's almost like Total Divas, but in NXT almost. Yes,
2: and uh, that's what uh, I don't know is the first week. So they were really focused on me the first week, so I guess I was on. I'm on like the first episode where it's really just all on me and um I was like oh my gosh this is crazier than I thought like they were right in my face when I pulled up they wanted me to get here early then they filmed me getting here they filmed me getting ready then they filmed me in training and then they went to my house like the day of full sale in the morning and watched like film me make breakfast and just hang out with my boyfriend they stayed overnight yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Was in my face when I woke up
1: <laughs>
0: It
2: was awesome. Yeah, it's really like it just took some getting used to, and because this is this is our job, we're in the performance center all the time. Right. But also, we had to, for these, this time that they were filming, had to also have like another part-time job. So it was like a job and a half, like, all together.
1: And yeah, because was, there's uh, no, like, I'm just going to go home and relax. Okay, show us yeah, how you totally. relax. you like, this is the least <laughs> relaxing thing a person could yeah. do. Yeah,
2: but seeing the previews that they've been showing on NXT and on Raw is really cool. Like, I feel like it's going to be worth it, and it's going to be something that nobody, nobody's ever seen before. They're going to get, as a fan, I would love to see how WWE superstars and NXT superstars train, and I even think about, like, Twitter and Instagram, like, then when I was a fan, I would love to be able to interact with my my favorite wrestlers, yeah. and now they get to see like who we really are and what we go through to make them happy.
1: Although it's a double-edged sword because like yeah, you would love to interact with your favorite wrestlers, but half the people on Twitter want to interact with you by saying, "Hey, you suck." So yeah. <laughs> just so you know, you're terrible. Yeah, like, yeah well, you're I don't really want to interact good, with, though, with you I'm, anymore. On
0: social and oh, interacting nice. with your fans, I have to commend you. It's not yeah. easy, and then you're so responsive. <laughs> it's cool because it,
2: I don't know they. They're really funny. Like, the the tweets that I get, I go through every single tweet, and I've gotten, like, worse at answering because we're so busy. Sure. And it seems to just, like, uh, as the network blows up and as um, NXT blows up, we're just getting more and more, like, I can see more tweets and more tweets. So I try to respond as much as I can, but they're just really cool, and I don't feel like, I don't know, it sounds cheesy, but, like, it feels like we're all, like, friends and stuff. (laughs) So it's, I don't know. Are there
1: people to... Catch you if you're like starting to develop an ego because you know yeah, once but like
0: take down the ring, right? Well, <laughs> Hello. I mean.
1: like once you people on are like, a
0: job when you go home. It's never <laughs> over. Doesn't
1: Once you're like, well, I'm revolutionizing women's wrestling and I'm the champion now, and I'm. The... <laughs> Is there somebody to be like, yeah, but you know, take down the ring and you're not, you're not, you're not so great. like no, what's...
2: well, no. Or do I, you I just not
1: naturally develop an ego.
2: I hope I haven't, and I hope if I do, that somebody would tell me. I feel like. Um, my coaches would be the ones to do that. Like, dude, who do you think you are? We're Because in the Performance Center, we're all at the same level. We're all in NXT. We're all wanting to get to the main roster. That's the way, like, I see it. That's the way Coach Bloom always says it. Like, we're all right here. Whether we're the champions or not, It's we all need to treat each other equal. and.
1: But is it tough for you for somebody who's wrestled since she's 18 to have somebody come in off the street and we're all, like, we're still equal? Like, isn't it? It's,
2: it's been something that I've... Um, it's kind of taken time t- for me to be like, you know, they're once they walk through the doors of the performance center, we're all the same. Like, we're all working for the same goal. Uh-huh. So it's, I don't know, it's taken time for me to be like, it doesn't matter how long I've wrestled, like, that can just help them.
1: And how difficult is that to teach everybody to get along? Because I feel like if I was in a room full of people and we all had the same goal, I'd be like, yeah, but I'm going to get it first and you can't have it because <laughs> I want yeah. it.
2: Yeah, I think... uh of course there's a competitiveness and i think that's what makes everybody so much better because we're in here every day in the performance center and we train so hard every day and it's um the better that i get the better that carmela gets the better that carmela gets the better that alexa bliss is going to get because we're all just with each other all the time and pushing each other
1: do you like having that reputation as somebody who's like I was just a fan and now I'm just happy to be here or does there come a time where you say, no I want people to take me as seriously as you take that person or that person?
2: Um, and I, I, I don't know, my, my character kind of feels like it went like that or, because mm-hmm. honestly me, I'm still in awe that I'm here. Like, I can't believe I'm, I'm holding this right now and uh, just had a historic match with WWE, like that still blows my mind and I don't think I'll ever get over it, but um... I am really 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 just really happy to be here but I hope through my matches especially recently that they will respect me I'm not one to be like no you have to respect me and I'm, I'm also serious like I could wrestle too right. I just hope that they already feel like that watching me. Yeah. I would
0: love I to know. see Bailey go heel
1: I wait for just that day. like I'm not a fan anymore I was <laughs> a fan and you have beaten it out of me.
0: <laughs> Did your family get in uh breaking ground at all? You often allude to my... them on camera. My dad did. Um, did my mom get
2: on it? I don't think my mom was, get, got on it, but my dad, because he was at my, my Iron Man match. So he, Were uh, they at NXT Brooklyn, too? My mom was, yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
1: So you're the first woman in WWE history to compete in an Iron Man match. Is there special training? Because I Iron Man, it's 30 minutes of Ooh. solid wrestling, which you just don't see in WWE, yeah. really, at all. Um, is there special training that you did here to prepare yourself well, for that
2: luckily that gym back there has everything that you could possibly imagine a like hey yeah and it's <laughs> you, the, could, you should you see it. The, i couldn't you should see the guys carry that they're like carrying it over their head walking back and forth and i just have like these little dumbbells the good <laughs> guys good job looking you look good like
1: olivia newton john in the physical video <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my
1: gosh
2: um there's monsters in there they're crazy you could tell it, too, how everybody's gotten in such better shape just working out in there. Like, it's just everything. There's this Aerodyne bike in there. I don't know if you guys know what that it is. is. And it's no. Sam doesn't, no. Right? not No. No. Bike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. It is amazing. That's I was, like, doing circuits on that for forever, like, preparing for this match because it, I feel like I can't walk after I get off that thing. And it's literally like 20 seconds on, 20 seconds off, 20 seconds on. Just like, it's amazing. So they don't have that at gyms. So I have to like, I can only do it here. And like rowers, they don't have that at all the gyms. And that's really so. It's just like cardio, 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 and then really um, talking to like. Luckily, we have the coaches here every day. So I just try to think, like, how do you see this match going, and how do you think I should attack it, and how do you see it playing out, and we get. Get to watch our matches back, so I sit and watch the network in the lounge forever, just watching Ironman matches and everything. All the resources are I here. I go to, do you
0: have to ever have to go to the bathroom? I
1: in the middle of an Ironman? Man. Oh, thirty minutes, man! <laughs>
2: <laughs> My brother asked me that. That's
1: See? hilarious.
0: See, yeah. what's the answer? No, I don't know. No, you're yeah, in the boat. So you're in like right before we go out. Thirty minutes, I know I have Katie. To,
1: like like she, she can train to not have to go to the bathroom yeah, for train, thirty minutes. I you
2: know, I would. I would see like wait glass of I water have here, key, two seconds, 30 minutes, <laughs> yes. just in case. That's part of
1: my training Got as it. well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've done an Iron Man match now. You pulled off a reverse Hurricane Rana <laughs> at thir- in front of 13,000 people in Brooklyn. <laughs> You're the NXT women's champion. Like, aside from just being on the main roster, do you have specific goals going forward, or is it just like riding the wave?
2: Kind of, I'm just like, like we were saying earlier, like, you think like when it, when is this gonna reach you know reach its like peak or yeah because like, it, it just keeps going up keeps going up but I don't think it has a limit like I don't think where we're going has any limits and there's you just saw like the debut of Nia Jax like I can't I can't wait to be able to do something with her like um Asuka there's so many people that I still want to work with and have like you know I wouldn't mind having another Iron Man match or something with somebody like them it's just, uh, I'm really excited to see where the Divas division goes in NXT. And, of course, hopefully, um, main event WrestleMania one day. Yeah.
1: But it sounds like you kind of want to stay at NXT, not go to the main roster.
2: No, well, I, I love NXT so much. And I know once everybody goes up, they miss it. And I know I would miss it terribly, but I don't know. When you think about being a 10-year-old kid, like, that's where I want yeah. to be. And it's always going to be bittersweet, and I don't miss it, but... That's
1: where I want to be. Well, Bailey, thanks for hanging out and uh, and filling us in. Of course. Yeah. No problem. Awesome. Here is Sam Roberts. So big thanks to Bailey for being a part of the podcast this week. I love those stories. I mean, the fact Bailey, and I don't know if it's everybody at NXT or if it's Bailey specifically, but the fact that she's been there as long as she has and she's accomplished as much as she's accomplished – But she's still interested in what seems like all aspects of the business is really encouraging, that she's learning how to be a commentator, and she's still setting up the ring, and she's kind of a leader at these classes that they have for the women. Uh, Very, very encouraging, and it's great to hear. So thanks to Bailey, and at some point we'll have that video up on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, If you want to support the podcast, do me a favor. If you haven't yet, take the survey at podsurvey.com slash notsam. You also, please, please subscribe Rate, review on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, review, repeat. Subscribe, rate, review, repeat. Not that tough. Do it for me at Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast on iTunes. And if you really love the show, get yourself a t-shirt at prowrestlingtees.com slash Sam Roberts, that's ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. You can get a Not Sam shirt. You can get a Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast shirt, a What's the Hap shirt, whatever you want. And I did get Bailey with the with the What's the Haps. Okay, I haven't forgotten. I haven't forgotten at all. Let's get into the state of wrestling. So much has changed. We're living in a whole new pro wrestling world. A lot has changed since last week. We saw the beginning of the world title tournament on Raw on Monday. So what better place to start? than where we are in the WWE right now. Katie Linendoll is rejoining me this week on the State of Wrestling. So why not just go ahead and start the State of Wrestling, okay? Now. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Welcome to the State of Wrestling and welcome back, Miss Katie Linendahl. That's right. That crow sound can only mean one thing, she's back from Ireland. That I'm strong enough
0: to be your woman.
1: Let's talk about that in a moment, but first, what was Ireland like? Wow. Obviously. Wow. You did not I feel like this state of wrestling has a lot to live up to.
0: I just feel like so much has happened in the last week that I'm feeling like a little overwhelmed. Like I is it should I get my inhaler now? Yeah. Or should I wait for halftime?
1: No, have it by your side cuz I don't know it's when you're going to collapse. Um I got a flu
0: shot today, too.
1: <laughs> good. <laughs>
0: prepared. Because
1: I think that sometimes you get so excited you get the flu. I don't know. This state of wrestling is very important because yeah. uh, so much feedback on the last state of wrestling. Katie, unfortunately, you didn't get to be a part of it, but I did about 45 minutes about how I would handle the situation with Seth Rollins and the injury. The reason you couldn't be a part of it is because you were too busy watching Seth Rollins get injured.
0: That's correct. And actually, while you were doing that state of emergency wrestling, Mm -hmm. I was trying to tape a memo in the bathroom, which got real weird, real fast. And it kind of stunk in there. (laughs) So I had to pass on being that awesome opportunity, but I loved, loved that extra state of wrestling.
1: Well, thank you. First, tell me what it was like uh, being in Ireland So, here's what happened. They're on their European tour. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seth Rollins versus Kane. Katie happens to be in the audience, just coincidentally. You were at a tech thing in Ireland.
0: It was a web summit.
1: Web summit. Mm -hmm. And uh, you end up going to the show. The timing works out. Seth Rollins and Kane in the match. Rollins hurts his knee. Did you know... You were obviously right up close.
0: But you know that I'm very naive in storylines. That's true. So I think that everything that happens, happens.
1: Last time we went to a show, when we went to that NXT show, where the guy was in the front row and uh, Dillinger was like, 10! And the guy goes, Out of a thousand!
0: Out of a thousand!
1: (laughs) Nailed him. But uh, I think it was Finn Balor who was selling the knee during the match. And uh, after the match is over, he's still kind of limping. And Katie leans in and goes... Did he just injure his knee?
0: Should we call 911?
1: It's like, no, Katie. Should we get somebody? It's pro wrestling. Does he need
0: some oranges?
1: I think he's Maybe fine. Maybe a high C? Yeah. I got Capri Sun in my back. Yeah. No. Capri Sun. He's fine. He's fine. Pacific cooler. But so you you thought he was injured because you always kind of think people are injured.
0: Yeah. And then I was actually, I, I, as I told you, I was more impressed having watching it after the fact and watching the tape to just see, I can't even imagine the magnitude of, of that buckle. That, his knee buckling, and then still, we've talked about this previously. Still being able to finish strong—that
1: he got up, took a couple steps, and still powerbomb came through a table. I mean,
0: I watched that on like a loop,
1: like yeah, that's probably you're four a or five times. I was sick individual. In, no,
0: that's not true. Oh. I thought it was incredible. I thought it was adrenaline at its finest.
1: Well, some there's no doubt in my mind that Seth Rollins will be back, as I talked about uh, last week. And some people, I did get a couple, most people really enjoyed everything. A couple of tweets came in from people who said, well, you know, he might never come back. He's going to be completely different. But, I mean, nobody really knows yet. And there's no reason to uh, be negative about it. But I think that there's no doubt in my mind that a guy with that kind of heart and that athletic ability is going to return. And, Katie, do you agree with me when I say That when Seth Rollins is back, whether it's six months, nine months, a year from now, he is—first of all, he is going to be missed, correct or incorrect?
0: Oh, 100%.
1: Do you think he will come back, as I stated last week, as the biggest good guy in the company?
0: Sam, you know, as your hype girl, i like to agree with you. You're contractually obligated to agree with me. Do we have to take this into our attorney if if I don't agree with you? You
1: don't agree with me. I
0: don't agree with you at all. What do you think is going to happen? Well, I thought something was interesting in the sense that Triple H still putting him over as hard as he did on Raw.
1: But Triple H is theoretically a bad guy. so that's a
0: But he didn't have to do that.
1: No, but it was, I thought that was almost a way of Triple H making himself come across as the bad guy. Because Seth Rollins is not the greatest champion of all time. He weaseled his way out of most Fair. of his title defenses. So I took that as Triple H going out and making it clear to the audience that he is a bad guy. And that you're supposed to boo him the same way you booed Seth Rollins.
0: I don't know how you bring in somebody that went out on that kind of note and bring them in so strong.
1: Here's the thing. People have short memories. And while they'll remember Seth Rollins as this, like, oh, Seth Rollins is the man, they're not going to remember the character necessarily.
0: Well, to your point there, people didn't even know which country Russia with with Rusev. He's from Bulgaria one day. He's from Russia the next.
1: He could come when Rusev returns. He could be anyone. It yeah. could be from anywhere, but and we're like,
0: like, oh, okay, cool.
1: But Seth Rollins, there's this thing about Seth Rollins where people like Seth Rollins; they like him. He's exciting to watch, and there's nobody on the roster that's like him. He's, so, I think that
0: there'd have to be a reason to bring him back as a good guy. Well, obviously, uh, if you were well, pulling Roman in, and, and the whole thing's playing out as assumed.
1: If you if you bring him back as a surprise, say, just just the idea that he's back, when that music hits, da-da-da, da-da-da, people will cheer. Like, you would cheer if you were in the audience. If you were in the audience and you heard Seth Rollins' music after 6, 9, 12 months, you'd be like, oh, my God, that's amazing, and start Fair cheering, point. right? Fair point. And so now you've got this thing, and you can, depending on how you play it while he's gone, use that and ride that wave. Because at some point, Seth Rollins is going to have to be a good guy. He's a great bad guy, but he's one of these guys that will be able to pull off being a great good guy. Roman Reigns at the moment will is not a good guy. He's a bad guy and he should be treated as such. But Seth Rollins has a good guy in him. People want to cheer him. There are guys that people want to cheer. Seth Rollins is a guy that I think people want to cheer.
0: But here's where I would disagree with you in the sense that the same reason I would disagree with you and Kevin Owens being a good guy, at least for the moment. They're so good at being bad. That's like a Ziggler line there. Uh, it just doesn't make sense.
1: No, but here's it does make sense, and I'll tell you why. It's to getting one step ahead of the crowd because it's an inevitability that any bad guy, when they're that good at being bad, becomes a good guy. That's what happens. When you are so good at being a bad guy, wrestling fans acknowledge that and start cheering it. It's happened every single time. Historically, this is what happens. When you are really good at being a bad guy, you become likable. And once you become likable, you get cheered. And once you become cheered, you are a good guy.
0: Yeah, but that also goes back to our collective point about a different era happening right now with, like, k What do you mean? In the sense that I feel like there isn't this... Linear divide of good and bad guys. Now it's just entered into a kind of a different, weird areas. I guess. I mean, Roman Reigns is a perfect example of that.
1: Roman Reigns is a good guy. He just gets booed. That's like John Cena. He's a good guy. Now he's a good guy, but
0: when he was shoved down your throat and nobody liked him,
1: he's still a good guy. So it still
0: doesn't fall under the equation of he's a good guy and everybody's like, okay, he's a good guy. We're not just following that because you tell us to.
1: Here's well, here's the thing. This is why the WWE has gotten themselves in trouble because it's like. Wrestling fans want there to be good guys and bad guys. We cheer people, we boo people. Like, we want there to be division. There are supposed to be good guys and bad guys. The reason you watch a match is because you want either the good guy or the bad guy to win. They're supposed to be good guys and bad guys. And when you start—and even in the Attitude Era when they said Shades of Grey, it was still good guys and bad guys. It was just a matter of how good guys were being portrayed. And you can portray good guys many different ways as— kind of society uh, changes and dictates that. But there are good guys and bad guys. There will always be good guys and bad guys. And if you make somebody a good guy and people boo him, you cannot go back to the shades of gray excuse if you're WWE and say, well, it's not because of storytelling. It's just shades of gray. So some people are going to boo him because it doesn't have to happen. That is when you're booing a good guy, it is – a a fault in the storytelling. Now, they've made it work for John Cena. This is just something that happened with John Cena. But they can't continue to do that. You can't continue to have the top good guy in the company get booed in arenas. It's it's just you're never going to be able to break through a household name that way.
0: But I just have to close the loop on this because— Yes, you're right. You can't have the top guy keep getting booed, but you also can't create who you think is going to be that next big guy, i.e. Roman Reigns, because that doesn't work either. No, but Which you, is my point of how we're entering into a different era.
1: You have to take a guy like Roman Reigns and realize where there's potential. WWE is always good at finding guys with potential, but then you have to pay attention to the audience. You have to pay attention to your guy. You have to put all the elements together and execute on that potential. So Roman Reigns can be that top guy. You know what I mean, and he—you can pick the top guy, and Roman Reigns can be that top guy, but it has to be orchestrated in a certain way over time. And, well, lesson learned, and you have to—but it's not learned because he's still the top good guy. Like,
0: no, it didn't work for a while there. Nothing was going to work for a while there. It and still you have to it's still not working. Oh, it's working way more than it was. Yeah,
1: but he's not the top good guy. He's not little kids. Do not look at Roman Reigns like they looked at Hulk Hogan or John Cena.
0: Well, and you made that point very clear, and I think is a good example, of when they were in the ring, regardless if it was charity or not, when he was standing next to John Cena. Right. And you're like, ah, there's just two levels of play here, two very different levels of play.
1: Yes. So if any, and if anything, you know, maybe Roman Reigns shouldn't be cooperating so much with John Cena. Maybe part of being a good guy right now is wanting John Cena's spot. Here's what I think we need to do. And, and this, this is this is good. This is going to blow people's minds because, um, you know, like I've said many times. Well,
0: and and by the way, I preface. We said to bring back Tatanka, and that happened. <laughs> so yeah. when we speak, they listen. <laughs> okay, I might have jumped the gun and talked about that too early, but.
1: But it's, it's on your mind. It is, it is what it is. Might That's... not mean
0: anything to the rest of the world. It means the world to us.
1: Right, and let me tell you something else. Yep. Before there was a Katie Linen Uh, there was no talk of Tatanka. You know, this show could have gone... If this show had went on without Katie Linendoll, Tatanka would still be sitting at home, for the record.
0: Thank you for that, Sam. You get a lot done. I really appreciate that. I'm like your hype girl, but like, thank you for that.
1: Sometimes people I don't want any credit. No, I know, but but, sometimes people need to mention, need to take notice of the influence that you have. Uh, but here's, here's a lot of people have been wondering what I think of the tournament that was laid out on Monday Night Raw. So... I said 16-man tournament. They did 16-man tournament. I wanted a 16-man tournament at the pay-per-view. Like the whole, so you do a 16-man tournament, you mm. do a Divas match, the Wyatt match, you're out. A couple of things at play here. Some people said that they will never be able to fit a 16-man tournament into a pay-per-view. Three times they've done it. Three times they've had a 16-man tournament at a pay-per-view. WrestleMania 4, Survivor Series 98, and the Wrestling Classic. Now, yes— there's some chicanery with the brackets. They didn't have a real 16-man tournament. They had a 15-man tournament or a 14-man tournament. There were a couple of buys here. There were a couple of schmozzes here. There were a couple of countouts here. Certain ways to skip matches. I never said you couldn't do that if you did it all in one night. There's no reason you can't do it all in one night and have some schmozes and some screw jobs and some countouts and buys and things like that. And as a matter of fact, if you were listening to the podcast, I said – you could give Roman Reigns a bye in the first round since he was the number one contender and make it a 15-man tournament, whatever you want to do. It can fit into a tournament, if, into one night if done a certain way. Um, also, it's on your network. It's on WWE's network. You can do a four-hour show instead of a three-hour show if it's what you want to do. It's not going to happen. That's fine. It's it, neither here nor there. Um, it looks to me like they're going to take the final four and put those four men on pay-per-view. I think next week on Raw, uh, second round of competition will take place. So next week on Raw, you'll see Ziggler, Ambrose, you'll see Roman Cesaro, and you'll see the the winners of the matches on SmackDown competing.
0: Well, and I don't want to I don't want to talk you up too much, but I am your hype girl, so I kind of want to hear the next uh, your okay. your fantasy booking through this bracketology. Here.
1: Well, here's the th- here's the problem with the bracketology is, I mean, the only way I see it going is that you're left with the same four. That were in the fatal four-way on Raw to determine the number one contender. It's those same four guys. So uh you got Neville Barrett on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. I think I would well uh, Neville. Neville is who Neville over Barrett. Uh you know, Del Rio beats Stardust, all joking aside.
0: Oh, you really?
1: <laughs> yeah. Del Rio's gonna beat Stardust.
0: I know, but if you were like gunning for that, you should have committed.
1: Well, I know, but Del Rio beat Stardust. All right. It is what it is. People wanna know. And uh unfortunately for you, Miss Mm-mm. I think I have to knock Mm -mm. out your choice in the first round. I got the sleeper.
0: I got Norfolk State.
1: Linendoll sees Kalisto going all the way. I do. Unfortunately, I believe Ryback will defeat him. The
0: margin of payout is huge on that.
1: (laughs) Because then I think next week on Raw. I'm going for the sleeper. You'll have a Ryback-Del Rio match, which I think Del Rio will win. I think so. You'll end up with uh, Roman Reigns versus Alberto Del Rio, and you'll end up with Dean Ambrose versus Kevin Owens at Survivor Series. The winner of those two matches go on to Russell for the championship.
0: Okay, is that way too predictable?
1: Yes, but it is what it is.
0: Then what happens?
1: Here's what you have to do. It's a great question, Lennon. Oh, that's why you're here.
0: Throwing you softballs.
1: I believe that the way this is set up, and just the way the story has been written as it's gone on, is. You have to go predictable. But then once you get to Survivor Series, is when you start to really turn everything on in their head. Okay? So let's say opening match of the night Roman Reigns versus Alberto Del Rio. You have Roman Reigns win. Everybody goes, of course, saw that coming. Mm-hmm. You have some other Survivor Series matches, whatever. Then you have uh, Kevin Owens versus uh, Dean Ambrose. And you're like, okay, it's going to be a good match, but we know what's going to. Oh my gosh. Kevin Owens just beat Dean Ambrose. I thought we were going to have the big Roman Reigns-Dean Ambrose match to mm-hmm. end this tournament. But we've got Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. And uh, Kevin Owens can't believe it. And the audience can't believe it. And the and the commentators can't believe it. Primetime Sam Roberts can believe it because he saw it coming a mile away. Because this is how he saw it. This is how I see it now. I've had to change things a little bit since my initial thing. Because as I said, you know, Raw was going to happen. And I was going to adjust my thinking. So,
0: you know. I I'm, just feel like we're so due. And I'm sorry. Did I step No, on your no, side? no. Go ahead. I feel like we're so due for a big shakeup.
1: This is going to be it.
0: But it needs to be. And it's not ever going to be. But I'm using this as an extreme example. We need that Undertaker-Lesnar moment. That 21 and 1. Well, we need that Seth Rollins cash-in-in moment. It's yeah, I think so the Seth Rollins cash
1: First of all, do not say that. Because that is bad karma.
0: I take it back. I take it back.
1: Thank you. Because what you're going to do is you're going to make it so that Seamus cashes in. And I'm going to blame it on you.
0: Well, we're both I hoping to... that he just forgets to cash in. Yes.
1: That Seamus is just sitting there uh, reading his contract. Okay. So this contract needs to be cashed.
0: Oh, no. That was yesterday. Oh, man. <laughs> I missed it. What's up with the attorneys? Yeah. Somebody should have attention. reminded me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. I hope Seamus stays far away from this tournament. Uh, I have a sickening feeling that he won't. It could not. It's still. Again. We could see a thing where Roman Reigns wins as a good guy and then Sheamus cashes in and then you've got Sheamus versus Roman Reigns to headline going into Royal Rumble. Hopefully not. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully not. But um, here's exactly how I would play it out. Right. So the authority was on Raw on Monday. Mm -hmm. and Triple H goes, Roman. You can't change the way I am. Are you strong enough to be my man? (laughs) I want to soak up the sun. I want to tell everyone—Hunter, oh, that's not the song. Oh, 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 oh. I put your picture away. No, 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 no. Different thing. You're just on a Cheryl Crow <laughs> kick now, Hunter. Um, so Roman Reigns goes, no, I'm not the guy. I feel like if we have a Dean Ambrose-Roman Reigns match headlining this world title tournament at the end of the night at Survivor Series, it's become a very, very predictable thing. Either way, I think, whether it's a Roman Reigns turn or a Dean Ambrose turn— um. I don't think it'll have the impact that it could have, that it had, that it would have had when I talked about it last week. So here's what you do. Go ahead, Katie.
0: Gotta <laughs> feel like hell tonight. <laughs> A tears of rage I cannot fight.
1: So that's why you need Roman Reigns. I'd be Reigns. the last
0: oh. to help you understand. Right. Is Roman Reigns strong enough to be the authority's man? It... Ah! <laughs> Cheryl Crow, cough. Cheryl. Crow. It all, Cheryl, it's six degrees of sting.
1: Cheryl Crow.
0: Six degrees of sting. <laughs> ah
1: It was an odd choice of words by Triple H on I Raw. I
0: promise. <laughs> I believe. Believe that. Believe that.
1: There it is. It believe all comes full full that. circle.
0: Sorry. So I think Congrats. the
1: I think the The moment i don 't know if it's going to be in a moment, but the what you need for good storytelling right now, I feel like is for the authority to take a specifically evil stance, like we need to know that the authority is not working on the side of the fans they're bosses, bosses are the worst, the horrible, horrible people mm-hmm. like you know when I look at my bosses, I say that is a man who's working against me. Every time. Sam. <laughs> Every time. I get very upset when I maybe, go home and maybe think about it. you
0: shouldn't air that on a microphone. No, it's
1: just some of my bosses. Some of them I like. See, <laughs> so You say it like that and then, oh, no, I'm the one he likes. So, <laughs> true, I like a lot of them.
0: Yeah. Just so, to be
1: clear, he just, loves his job. Some of them are just great. Um, so, you look at Kevin Owens, and Kevin Owens is a guy that we've said for months could be a great fit in the authority. You said that, didn't you, Katie? Yes, So you're going, oh, so Kevin Owens is the authority's new guy. But then there's something that excites you as a fan. You start to get butterflies in your stomach. Kevin Owens just beat Dean Ambrose. We're now looking at Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns one-on-one in the ring. Triple H is at ringside. You're going, oh, my gosh. I think Kevin Owens might do this. I think Kevin Owens might win. Kevin Owens could be the world champion and intercontinental champion, just like he said on Raw. That show could become the Kevin Owens show all of a sudden. And Kevin Owens doesn't have to change who he is. He can still be that kind of like prize fighter, I'm only in it for myself guy. But he's going to get cheered one way or the other. All of a sudden, you find yourself cheering for Kevin Owens because it's exciting. You never, you didn't see this coming. It's very, very exciting. And what happens? The exact same scenario I laid out, except instead of Dean Ambrose, it's Kevin Owens. The referee is distracted. Roman Reigns has the sledgehammer passed to him by Triple H. You go, wait, what? Kevin Owens looks over, boss, what did you just do? And Roman Reigns lays out Kevin Owens with a sledgehammer. Roman Reigns is the champion. And the authority shows up on Raw on Monday with Roman Reigns by their side. Roman Reigns is a full-on muscle of the bad guy authority. He's not reluctant to join the authority. He's not, uh, he wasn't tricked into it. He made a personal choice to sell out to the authority. He is now their bad muscle. And Kevin Owens is now more sympathetic than ever. Dean Ambrose is wondering what happened to his best friend. Why did he do this to me? Rollins is deserving of revenge. And somewhere down the road, you can still sneak in that Daniel Bryan match. But you're left with a scenario now where you can easily have Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns for the world title at the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Then, who knows, maybe John Cena, if you want to make it safe, maybe Dean Ambrose, whoever wins the Royal WrestleMania can now go on to WrestleMania. Even, so here's what I would do. Here's what I would do. I'd have Roman Reigns beat Kevin Owens with the authorities' help in the finals of Survivor Series. Kevin Owens would exist going forward on this sort of, is he a good guy, isn't he a good guy level? He doesn't work with the other good guys, but we cheer him and he hates the authority because they screwed him. Fine. So Kevin Owens now wrestles Roman Reigns at the next two pay-per-views and at the Royal Rumble. One of these three people win the Royal Rumble. John Cena, probably not, because I think John Cena will wrestle The Undertaker, as I said a couple weeks ago. Dean Ambrose, or the big money, if you can get him back in a ring, Daniel Bryan surprises everybody and wins the Royal Rumble. Now you've got a WrestleMania where you've either got babyface Dean Ambrose taking on bad guy Roman Reigns for the title, or you've got a returning good guy Daniel Bryan still taking on a bad guy Roman Reigns at WrestleMania.
0: I know I might sound naive and, and still not understanding the, our, our disagreement and the fact that you think Daniel Bryan's strongly going to come back. And if he's not going to come back to WWE, you say you're going to see him on the indies.
1: He's definitely going to wrestle again. 100%. uh, He's definitely going to wrestle again. I mean, he's been cleared by doctors. I don't know if WWE has cleared him or not. I don't know if they're saving him. It's very mysterious. But Daniel Bryan will be in a ring again. If he doesn't wrestle for WWE, he'll be wrestling on the indies. Yes. Um, And I hope that he comes back because he's great and because the fans will get behind him. And because having a Roman Reigns-Daniel Bryan match would be enormous at WrestleMania yeah. in Dallas. Undeniably. And that's what you've got. Now you've got this scenario where you've got uh, Daniel Bryan versus bad guy Roman Reigns. You've got, theoretically, Undertaker versus John Cena. You've got Brock Lesnar versus whoever Brock Lesnar is going to wrestle. You know, already you're shaping out a WrestleMania card that is, you know, worth putting 100,000 people into an arena for. You know, and maybe, maybe you got Brock Lesnar versus The Rock. Maybe you got Brock Lesnar versus Triple H. You know, whatever you Maybe you got The Rock versus Triple H.
0: And obviously, undeniably, WrestleMania once again will be epic. And it's there's just huge. so much time to figure that out. I yes. think a lot of people are having conversations about, is it going to be great? Like, first things first, man. Let's yeah. get through Raw getting the ratings up next week.
1: But I think if you've got a bad guy, Roman Reigns, screwing Kevin Owens to win the title, you are left with a whole field of options. A whole field of them.
0: It's it's strong.
1: Fans are going to cheer Kevin Owens one way or the other. It's going to happen. He's he's just that's who he is. People like him. He's a likable performer. He's fun to watch. And anybody who's fun to watch, like he's a bad guy that you're laughing at, that you're cheering for, that's fun to watch. And when you're that fun to watch, can you that can't get, say a guy bad still guy still be
0: a bad guy though?
1: No, no, he's not going to be a bad guy. But
0: his the his best lines are because he. It, Openly insults people with such yeah, magnitude, it's fantastic.
1: Now he's going to openly insult the bad guys. Now he's going to open that, is that funny? Yeah, it is. Ah, he can go out and he can openly insult Roman Reigns and he can openly insult Triple H and he can openly insult New Day if he wants to. I ask to. you
0: this because you followed very closely, uh, in uh, Kevin Owens and Kevin Steen in his career. How many times did he flip flop between? Well, he here's the guy? thing
1: a lot of times. I mean, he was, he, he was a good guy for a while, but he did spend a lot of time as a bad guy as Kevin Steen. And all his, his massive feud with Generico, he was a bad guy because he was just destroying Generico everywhere. And it was a really well-told story, and he was a really effective bad guy. But you still had buildings with Fight Steen Fight t-shirts everywhere you went. And it was one of these bad guys. I just,
0: this is one of those scenarios when somebody plays Urkel or Joey from Blossom. They are pigeonholed into being that character. He's a bad guy because he's so good at it.
1: Yeah, but he can. I mean, you can't. It doesn't work. Like if you're going out, he is getting to the point where he's going out and insulting countries and the residents of the country are still cheering for him. <laughs> like when you get to that point. It's over. You could say the same thing, and I don't want to make the comparison yet. I don't think anybody needs to be compared to Stone Cold Steve Austin too quickly. But Stone Cold Steve that's Austin... A lofty... Yeah, but he was the... I mean, that's what you're saying. You want to talk about being typecast as a bad guy. Stone Cold Steve Austin was the baddest of the bad guys. You ever see Stunning Steve Austin get cheered? You ever see the the Ringmaster get cheered? Stone Cold get cheered? No. But something happens where you get too good, and you're going to get cheered. And when that happens you got to ride the wave. You have to ride the wave. Well, I
0: also do like this scenario in the sense that I feel like he had this huge pickup a few months ago. Mm -hmm. And then I just feel like, sure, he has the Intercontinental Championship, fine. But I feel like he was way more hyped five, six months ago than he was now.
1: I mean, think about the reaction.
0: So it puts him back in the spotlight is my point.
1: Think about the reaction during that fatal four-way a couple of weeks ago for the number one contendership when you were looking at Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns in a ring together when the when everybody else had been laid out and it was just the two of them people were freaking out that's the match cuz people don't expect it and you can save Roman and Dean for a little bit down the road you could even even if you don't get say Dean doesn't win the Royal Rumble because you've got a returning Daniel Bryan you got Kevin Owens lined up first then you got theoretically a returning Daniel Bryan then down the road, you've got Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose. Because Dean Ambrose, I don't, I'm not, I, I'm not sold on him being world champion right now.
0: I feel like one thing we haven't addressed too is if we are going to say down the road, I feel like two people we're leaving out in this is Balor and Sami Zayn, who's been injured for five years.
1: <laughs> yeah, I send mean, him,
0: let's can we send him an edible arrangement,
1: something, <laughs> something, one like of those, one of on.
0: balloons with a bear in it.
1: Yeah, just I hope you feel better, very soon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, when Balor comes up, there is no way— I played a WrestleMania. There's no way—yeah, I don't think he's coming up this year.
0: This WrestleMania?
1: No, I don't see it happening. I mean, there's too much going on on the roster right now. i get lost. I mean, right—as of now, lots of stuff changes, like we said. I don't see it happening this year, before WrestleMania. Not this calendar year, but, like, you know, say the wrestling year goes from WrestleMania to WrestleMania.
0: So go back to the Sami Zayn. I mean, Sammy I feel like that's a big player that we haven't talked about in many weeks.
1: Because he's been injured. There's no buzz behind him yeah, because but he's we're, been hurt.
0: We're now booking four or five months out, or you are. I mean, I feel like that's a name that needs to be thrown into the hat.
1: It does, but you need to figure out how much buzz he's going to have going forward. Because if he just shows up on Raw now, yeah. Because nobody, I mean, people aren't watching him on NXT, so you don't even have that audience. You, when when Sami Zayn comes back from an injury, he needs to rebuild. He either needs to rebuild on NXT or he comes to the main roster. He just got
0: done saying how big of an international star he was.
1: He was a big international star. So that's
0: got some clout.
1: Some clout, but he's not a WWE star. I mean, Neville is an international star. He was Pac. He was huge. But, you know, he's Neville. Not that he's not. But he's not a world title guy. He's going to get knocked out within the first or second round of the tournament. He's not taken seriously as a world title contender. So, you know, it takes a lot to be considered a star in WWE world.
0: I think I have a problem with that.
1: That it takes that much to be considered um, a star
0: because they, I feel like the stars aren't in their cards. Like,
1: well, WWE. To make that I mean, when you say WWE universe, WWE has created their own universe. So it's not like WWE is just a place people go to wrestle. You've either you've you've wrestled elsewhere and you've wrestled in WWE. Those there's two places. Mm. There's WWE and there's everywhere else. So like. If you're in Japan, then the stuff you do in Japan and Ring of Honor and maybe TNA a little bit and AAA and all this stuff all kind of interweaves and you build this audience. WWE has an audience into and of itself. And it is true that a lot of WWE fans don't watch other wrestling. So to a certain extent, like let's be honest. Does the majority of people watching Monday Night Raw, do they know who Tyler Breeze is from NXT? No, they don't. Hmm. Because a lot of people... Who are very vocal watch NXT, but there's 1.3 million subscribers to the WWE network worldwide, right? How many people are watching Raw in America? Well, less now than before, but still, it's more than 1.3 million, and that's all the subscribers all told.
0: Although you could say, during Tyler Breeze's debut and in next two three appearances thereafter, the NXT chants were fairly loud.
1: No, they were because people in know arena. he was from NXT, but but still, like NXT is not WWE, like it's 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 certainly. Better for being cool and buzzy. But when you're talking about showing up in an arena knowing who you are, you know, that's different. And, and, and you have to play it a certain way. Like Kevin Owens came in with a reputation. and every, But also, the thing to remember about Sami Zayn is that he did – he is an international superstar. But he was an international superstar with a mask on. You know what I mean? There is still – there's always, that's always going to be a thing. Kevin Owens looked Kevin Owens and Kevin Steen look almost exactly alike. It's the same guy.
0: Thank goodness Bailey decided not to go in that direction. Of what? She wanted to be a...
1: A lucha lucha dress? dress?
0: Well, I've supported. I I love, like, the whole idea, but not for her.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, no, no.
0: To your point, it's two totally different.
1: So it's like your history almost gets erased when you have to reinvent yourself so much. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think Sami Zayn, unfortunately, right now is in the discussion, but he will be. He definitely will be once he gets back. Uh, it's just, I mean, you can say the same thing. Hideo Itami is huge. Kenta is the, one of the biggest international stars in the world.
0: Oh yeah. He's been injured for a while too. But do
1: you think Hideo Itami is going to come onto Raw and be a main event guy right now? No, no, No. because it just doesn't work that way. Um,
0: can we move on? Cause I'm dying to ask you about your opinion on something. Yeah. Um, so.
1: But yeah, so that's, so that's where I go. Roman Reigns, bad oh, guy. Yeah, close loop. Beats Kevin Owens in the finals. We have Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. Then post-Royal Rumble, we have either Roman versus a returning Daniel Bryan or Dean Ambrose. And then we start figuring out after WrestleMania and payback and all that. Solid. Solid. Solid gold, baby.
0: Do you want to take it even one step further or is I are you taking it to there?
1: To, to where?
0: Like even a little further down the timeline, or no?
1: No, because I don't know if Daniel Bryan's coming back or not. I mean, it just it's a, it gets to be a point where it's like ridiculous to start fantasy booking further because, like I said, like everything's changed from last week. Well, sure. So that but, was
0: kind uh, of greedy. It's like you want a four course meal. Now I want a <laughs> five. Yeah,
1: okay. I'll take all the options.
0: <laughs> um, let's talk all things Kane and Undertaker, man, because I want to see if you were you that excited to see them on Raw.
1: Well, first of all. I think that Bray Wyatt needs to do all of his promos in England based on the crowd response. Because instead of getting what, he was having the crowd sing along with him. They, he wasn't even singing. The whole crowd just started singing the whole world in his hands. So from now on, all Bray Wyatt's promos need to take place in it's England. It's like
0: in other countries when, you know, um, and I, I don't knock this. I'm just saying that as a fact, uh, when they're like behind a few months or a few seasons in style. Right. It's like, you guys, that was like so two years ago. <laughs> like, keep up.
1: Yeah, I, I respect mean...
0: respect you at the same time.
1: Right. I loved it. So, uh, yeah, no, I was happy to see them back because...
0: Well, we just thought we were getting a Bray Wyatt y-googly.
1: Right, right. And it turned out to be... More than you y-googly. More. Well, I was worried that they were going to try... And I, I pleaded with the WWE creative team last week on this podcast. Mm. I was worried that uh, Bray was going to lead up to another match with The Undertaker without The Undertaker... And I didn't think that was going to work twice. You know what I mean? It it was it was tough the first time. It's not going to work a second time. So it was good to see The Undertaker and came back. I'm glad they laid out the Wyatt family. I think the Wyatt family needs to learn to attack all at once as opposed to one at a time.
0: Guys, power and numbers.
1: But this is what I said, you know, and people were wondering. So at first people were kind of annoyed after uh, Hell in a Cell that nobody came out and helped The Undertaker. When the, when the Wyatt family attacked him, which I wasn't annoyed by that. But um, people were wondering, okay, so now Kane's come out on Raw and they took out Kane. So who's going to be their partners? It's like, no one. No one. There's no one. It should be the Wyatt family versus the Brothers of Destruction. There's nothing wrong with doing it that way. Like, there's no reason. It's almost separate from what's going on on the main roster anyway. There's no talk of putting any of the Wyatts in the tournament, okay? Kane was pretty much written off of roster stories after the last pay-per-view with Seth Rollins, and The Undertaker is an entity into and of himself. So the same way Bray Wyatt and The Undertaker existed on an island, Bray Wy- the Wyatt family versus the Brothers of Destruction should exist on an island. And that said, there's no reason why you shouldn't have these four new guys versus these two sort of supernatural legends, because they have the power of the dark side on their side. Right? Yeah. I mean, do you want to see somebody team with Undertaker and Kane? I don't, at all. No. No.
0: I didn't even want to see Undertaker team with Kane to begin with, though.
1: You didn't. You no, didn't.
0: I like it as a solo deal.
1: Even at Survivor I don't want to Series, bring back
0: the Brothers of Destruction. You don't want to see Undertaker no. and
1: Kane team up. No. Why not?
0: It just it doesn't do something for for me
1: at all. No. So you were annoyed that they were team, teammates last night or Monday night. Yeah. Wow.
0: That's why I just I wondered if anybody else. Like, I like them as solo deals.
1: I honestly heard from my people, my wrestling fans on Twitter and stuff, that they were upset that Kane didn't come out and help The Undertaker at Hell in a Cell.
0: I, th- I would have liked that a lot better.
1: More? But you said you didn't like The Undertaker and Kane together.
0: I feel like it would have just played a lot smoother.
1: Mm. Well, no, because they want to take out The Undertaker, right? And they want to take out Kane. And if they can take them both out at the same time, then it becomes tough to sell that as a match because they already... Took them both out at the same time, right? You see what I'm saying? How you deal
0: with change will ultimately tell who you are. <laughs> I just wanted to read you that quote.
1: For, is that from your inspirational quotes?
0: Yeah, it's from the Eater of Worlds. Oh, Bray Wyatt this Monday. <laughs> I it's did. On a s- hope poster.
1: I did see that hope poster on your Instagram, and it said Bray Wyatt uh, dash the Eater of Worlds. Mm-hmm. So funny. So so. So I will funny. adapt to change. Um, yeah, I like I said before. I would like to see The Undertaker lose every match. I would like to see The Undertaker (laughs) retire. Look, I love The Undertaker. You say it so
0: (laughs) matter-of-factly.
1: I love The Undertaker. I would love to see The Undertaker retire at WrestleMania 25. I would love to see him lose every match leading up to it, and I would love to see him lose at WrestleMania 25. From now until The Undertaker retires this March, I would love to see him lose all of his matches. I think it's the right way to go. I don't think it hurts his legacy at all, and I think it helps everybody along the way. Like, you know, in my mind, you would do this Survivor Series match, have the Wyatts win because there's four on two and they can play the numbers to their advantage.
0: And to your point, Bray needs to get a couple W's in the column.
1: Bray needs a couple W's. Then you have a singles match between The Undertaker and Bray Wyatt at Royal Rumble. Okay. This is the blow off match. Bray Wyatt wins one on one. Wyatt beats The Undertaker. Now you've put Bray Wyatt in a nice, shiny spot leading up to WrestleMania. You're
0: going to see that match again?
1: Yeah, but Br- Bray Wyatt wins this time, which he should have won last time. He needs to beat The Undertaker one-on-one. He has to. I'm going to be so upset if it doesn't happen.
0: You think that's how Undertaker's going out? Final no.
1: Match? Incorrect.
0: Okay, keep going.
1: Thank you. Mm-hmm. I would say uh, have Bray Wyatt win against The Undertaker at Royal Rumble... Undertaker goes away for a month. John Cena almost wins the Royal Rumble, but doesn't quite cut it. He does not win the Royal Rumble. And then something bells. Either John Cena says something or The Undertaker says something. And, you know, a month, four weeks before WrestleMania, The Undertaker comes out. And this is the one match we've never seen. This is where we go. Undertaker, John Cena. At WrestleMania, this leaves the world title open for the new people, in my mind, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns or Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns. Uh, It leaves Bray Wyatt to deal with something that's on the current roster and hopefully win. And now you've got this battle that we've never seen in a WrestleMania with John Cena and The Undertaker in hopefully The Undertaker's last match. And The Undertaker goes out flat on his back.
0: Sam, you're very strong at fantasy booking.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I try to make my decisions logical.
0: You're not good at a lot of other things. No, almost nothing. You're really good at this.
1: Yeah, that's that's where I would go. So you've got three matches left of The Undertaker. If he wants to do more, he can do more. Just hopefully he'll lose them. (laughs) So... (laughs) Lose at Survivor Series with Kane, lose at Royal Rumble to Bray Wyatt in a singles match, and then lose to John Cena at WrestleMania. Do I love the idea of John Cena beating The Undertaker at WrestleMania? No, but it doesn't make sense for The Undertaker to beat John Cena at WrestleMania. I-
0: it might make sense for him not to lose three times in a row.
1: Why? He's leaving. You're going to sell any less Undertaker t-shirts if he keeps losing? Absolutely not. He's the dead man. He's the legend. You can't do anything to him, and he's leaving. There's no reason for him to win.
0: And then coming back as the American badass.
1: Wow, that's inevitable. Surprise! (laughs) Yeah, Kid Rock comes out and he's like, "Cena, I got a (laughs) surprise for you. (laughs) I am American badass."
0: I think I was the only person that was really annoyed with that because he could only like drive like two feet. Right. And then you'd have to
1: stop. I just think it's time Fred Durst sings another wrestling theme song. Sure. Yeah, rolling, rolling, rolling. Oh, Undertaker, stop it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 what I would like to see happen. That that's 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 where it would go. And you, then I would start talking about Finn Balor uh, after WrestleMania. Maybe he comes up the night after. Maybe a few months after. But I would say get done with WrestleMania. Then start talking about maybe making the next year a year for Finn Balor to start to shine, because. Finn Balor is not a guy who's going to be able to come up to the main roster and be in the mid-card. Like, the demon character—well, Bray Wyatt doesn't work as a fucking loser, and somehow they just keep making him lose. But
0: <laughs> Tell us how you really feel about I that. I am so upset Finn. about You're it. You're so upset.
1: Because I love WWE. I love Bray Wyatt. I just wish <laughs> that they would come together in the right way. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because I don't think Finn Balor is a character, especially as the demon, that works if he's losing matches very often. Like, he works as a main event guy, as a headline guy. So, you know, you need to bring him in when it's time for him to be that guy, when you need that guy. Because maybe you don't need him right away. Maybe you got uh, uh, a Daniel Bryan coming back, or even a Roman Reigns as a bad guy. Or maybe you got a Seth Rollins. Like, when you have a Seth Rollins coming back to the company as a good guy, do you need a Finn Balor? No. So keep him in NXT. Right? Wait until you need him. Because otherwise, he's just going to be stuck there, doing less than he should be doing. And what he should be doing is excelling.
0: Well, you can't play Aaron Rodgers for five years, you know?
1: Yeah, I know.
0: Got an Aaron Rodgers situation going on here.
1: Yeah, well, this WWE is in a situation where it's almost like there's too much talent and not enough creative. And we need to balance that a little bit. A little bit. And now is the perfect time to do it. Now that you're in a situation where you've got a lot of guys that are injured and no champion, now is a time where they could really shine. And I have every faith that the WWE can, quite frankly. I mean, there's no reason to think that they can't come out of this shining, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, they've done it before. The WWE is really good at this. You know, That's why I'm never that negative. And people think that I'm, like, just shilling or whatever. But the bottom line is, I haven't been disappointed enough by wwe to not have faith in them at the end of the day people walked in to wrestlemania 31 this calendar year you and i were there it was in uh, california people walked in including you and i walked into that pay-per-view the biggest show of the year thinking there's a good chance this is not going to be a good show and it was unbelievable it was a great show And we walked in going like, how are they going to make this main event work at all? I don't think it's going to work. And they made it work really, really well. So, they have a tendency of really getting pushed into a corner and then finally giving you what you want to see. I don't think that they're backed into a corner just yet because the TV... I mean, it's weird because the ratings are down, but the TV is not bad. Raw has has been actually better than usual these past few weeks. But... You know, I think now is the time to start getting super creative with some of these characters and really listening to the audience. And hopefully they do that with guys like Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. And, I mean, I'm I'm getting worried that New Day is going to be kind of pushed down the ranks a couple pegs. Because for a second there, they were taking out all the top stars and ending Raw on top. And they're not, I mean, you know, the Usos are big stars, but, you know, John Cena is a bigger star.
0: Well, keep in mind, they did just get a, a, a sock line. New so, day socks. New day socks. New
1: day, day socks? socks. So new day, day socks?
0: socks. Yes, when you hit that level, so I'm on the up.
1: So you're telling me not to be sour.
0: Ah, oh, don't you be sour.
1: Well, Katie, we made it through. Wow. Atten- wow. What?
0: Well, I feel like we didn't say congratulations to Tatanka.
1: Well, okay, huge congratulations to Tatanka. Tatanka I Tatanka loves believe- barbecue. <laughs> Yeah, he does. (laughs) He's like, oh, all my fans think I like barbecue. Um, Uh, I'll tell you this. We went through, and we should stick to this. Yeah. I promise you that we will make it up to you next week. But we went through an entire show. Don't fall into it. Uh Uh-oh. Without an interaction between (gasps) Nikki Bella and Vince McMahon. Is that
0: a good thing or a bad thing?
1: Next week, they'll be back.
0: Sam? Wait, 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 wait. Give them something. Oh, it's a tease.
1: Yeah, there. that was all you're getting. Okay. That one word is all you're getting. Katie Linendoll, thank you for being here. You can follow Katie at Katie Linendoll. That's at Katie Linendoll on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Of course, she also has an incredible tech podcast uh, called Katie.show. You can get to it by going to your little URL browser and typing in Katie.show. Like the way you would type in like KatieLinendoll.com. All you have to do is type Katie.show. 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 Put up the horns. It's huge. Put up your horns. Download that podcast. And I pop on there every now and then to try to figure out what yeah, she's talking all about. All the time. <laughs> yeah. You doing a podcast? Can I stick around? So, Katie, thank you for being here. Uh, again, you know, any comments, questions, concerns, hit them up to me on Twitter. We could talk fantasy booking, whatever you want to do. We'll see you next week here on the State of Wrestling. Oh, oh! Is the Sports Illustrated thing going up?
0: Oh, yeah. It's totally up. It'll okay. be up by, by probably
1: by the time I'm mean, saying said, this. So... Hopefully, and check our Twitters. We'll post the links. There should be the first State of Wrestling video show up on— Well,
0: second, S- technically. We came out the gate Oh, strong. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the first of the, like, series. The first weekly— In studio. Yeah, the first weekly in-studio uh, State of Wrestling show should be up on Sports Uh Check uh, our Twitter accounts and Sam.com and com. I'm sure. Uh to get the links for that because it's it's a fun show. It's like a very, very condensed version of what we do here, but you can see our gorgeous faces. Well, my gorgeous face and Katie's <laughs> okay face. Yeah. Ugo. I have to sit next to this Ugo. It's internet troll. <laughs> it's a tease. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Chassy. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.
0: Follow at Not Sam on Twitter,
1: Instagram,
0: Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling podcast.